Meg Moon. Meg Moon. Meg Moon Tower. She sleeps underneath me because I am her top. (laughs) (laughs) Clip it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Sheet Podcast. My name is Matt Landry. And in this 43rd and 44th episode, I'm here with the Beaches. Though the podcast, we discuss their recent success, origin story, TikTok, Blame My Ex, the album and the tour, being on the road and much more. We also play the producer's game. Oh, no. Thanks for listening. Oh, no. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who are new to the podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it, lives it, loves it, and surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about the making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded, and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming the Beaches to the podcast... Recently, Eights has been has had the opportunity and honor to work on their live show for the Blame My Ex record. Now on tour, I'm very excited to call them my friends and have them on the podcast to chat. Of course, this will be a two-parter episode, so please bear with the division of the episode. Uh, probably our most... Um, Probably our most chaotic episode yet. Hello, how are you? Hi. Hi, Matt. That's my friend, Matt. Ready to bring the chaos. Oh, and I that's just, our friend, I Matt. I just saved his number today. <laughs> yeah, we were I just <laughs> got your name right on my phone. <laughs> Didn't know there was only one Matt in I Matthew. just saw your toes today. <laughs> <laughs> we were by the pool today, and I was locked out of the pool, and I texted Leandra saying, yo, Lucia phoned me and I declined it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was a Sudbury number. Um, I, like, I don't know a soul from Sudbury. <laughs> and then and then I text yo and then right by the pool we're st- we're standing right beside each other. You text me, "Hi, who's this?" <laughs> I'm like, I turn I turn to you and you say, and I, and then I say, "It's me." <laughs> That's pretty anyway. I was so embarrassed. I was giving Jordan. That is. <laughs> I'm so oh sorry, my Jordan. Save a single number in your I name. had his number saved. You didn't even she have it his saved. Name she did. I I just had, I've had wrong. Matt's number. I have his like whole image. Like I saved his cover. No, 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 I've no, stolen no. his whole no. image. When it imports your like photo that you have on your iPhone, I did that. I clicked import and it's like a microphone. Like I think it's your podcast thing. Maybe not. Oh. Weird. I don't know. It's a little maybe. Little Mine photo. didn't give me that option. It said block caller. Well, I said <laughs> immediately. Severy, <laughs> yikes! For the longest time, the Elio managers had me as Linda Pui, which is my mom's name. Oh. Like they had, like they had my like the Apple. I guess we shared Apple IDs for a long time. Yeah, that's and like me and my dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He got all of her nudes. <laughs> true story. It is true. Uh-oh. <laughs> Um. Anyway, I've <laughs> I've also never done anything like this, which is like a a full band interview, and I have to scratch that because Eliza's not here. I wanted to highlight that at the she, beginning. She has a headache. She's not feeling well. Yes. but she'll be back for a, a drummer on drama. Two. Yeah, I assume that's what the part two is for. No, no. Uh, this no. is that's par- a part three. yeah. It's a part three of the part, beaches. Part three. Got and it. actually, coming into this tour, I thought there was only going to be two parts of the beaches, but we had Meg, who's in the room right now, Meg, Meg Moon. Meg. Meg Moon Tower. Meg Moon Tower. <laughs> we had her on last week. Please make sure to check that out if you haven't. Um, yeah, so I've never done anything like this, like a full like band thing. So uh, we're going to go through it together. Yeah. Um, never in a Delta hotel, I bet. <laughs> no. You know what? We'll, we'll be there for each other through this. We'll, we'll hold each other's hands. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, not at the Delta Hotel in... Edmonton. Edmonton. No, A-O. South Conference Center, Edmonton. Three twenty six. Three three two six, baby. There you go. So it's okay. <laughs> Let's start the pod. Um <laughs> I might have to cut some of that. Um yeah. but <laughs> but let's start the pod how we always start the pod for the listeners. Um as a fa- as a fan or a show goer, do y'all have a favorite live experience? Uh, Should I go first? Go ahead. I have two that come to mind. The first that comes to mind is when I was, uh, I think it was my first time playing Oshiega with, um, my mom was watching with me and I saw Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds for the first time and he was playing the main stage right after Haim and I was like, who the 
is going after <laughs> them. Like, I don't know this guy at all. Um, I was just like, you know. I love that you bleeped yourself. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can swear on this. Okay. Who the fuck is this guy? This weird, creepy vampire fucker with like a six head and dyed black hair who looks like a zombie Elvis. And... Um, he's Australian, so I'd, I'd never heard of him before, and I'm, I wasn't, frankly, cool uh, cool enough to know who he was. But mm. honestly, like that performance changed my life in a couple ways. Like I, I think I really I watched him perform in the way he held his eye contact with certain members of the audience, yeah. which I have a very difficult time doing when I'm just chatting with people in general. Um, but his intensity of his performance, like it, it left something in me, and it made me want to basically do that for the rest of my life the performance that he gave the other time was when we were in i think we were in glasgow we were watching um was royal blood and albert hammond jr and it was a fat white family show and it was my first time ever like properly moshing in in england which is like a whole different experience Mm. i think eliza huh yeah you said glasgow so in scotland you're right that's right Thank you, Leandra. Leandra with the fact check. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. I'm Scottish. You can't right. disrespect was, us like that. <laughs> sorry. It wasn't it was in Scotland. Um and the lead singer was also very just strange and surreal. He rubbed a full jar of mayonnaise on himself mm. and um, was basically naked. And again would like lock eye contact with you for a solid minute and a half. I think Whoa. <gasps> room service Booze is here. Um, and it was just startling and shocking. And I was like, I didn't really realize like that you could do that when you were performing. Like spread mayo on yourself? No, just be <laughs> while walking. Just eyes. be so surreal yeah. and so strange. Mm. And um, I've always been like a bit of a strange person. So Right. Well, I think he brought like an aspect of like performance art into yes. the show that a lot of People, we, like, we've never seen that before. Do you need a credit card? Okay. Nope. So we're, we're taking we're a pause here because there's, there's some room service happening bum, 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 bum. via service. Meg. Yay. Thank open. you. Hey. Close it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Opener. It's an explicit podcast this week. <laughs> Yo. There you go. Cheers. Not yet. We'll get there. Sorry. I'll continue with it once. Um, Let's make cheers. Me, my oh, wine. my gosh. Cheers. <gasps> oh, my goodness. May. What is that Slurpee cup? Is that ice? Oh, I would love a lime. Wow. Thank you. Megala, help yourself to the... She yeah. She's I've been Megala. calling Megala. Like no, Megala. you... You never had regular before? Regular, regular, regular. Matt, do you want a line? Do sure. you like it? Oh, okay, okay. Everyone deserves their own Georgie nickname. Okay, now everyone has their booze. Hell yeah. Um, we do. Yeah, no, I think it was the first time I'd ever really considered. Um, well, I just for some extra context, I used yep. to really want to be in musical theater. Mm. So, um, I was always really attracted to how you can sort of take elements of drama and dance and performance art into and put it into at least like a a rock show performance. Totally. So, you know, this was sort of a way of bringing in drama that also seemed cool and not necessarily theatrical, but theatrical in a different way. I don't know how to exactly explain it like that. Um, And I've been like trying to find my own version of that as a performer ever since. Yeah. There you go. There's my long-winded story. I love it. Just a note on Nick Cave. Yeah. Um, I thought you had a Nick Cave tattoo on your... No, I know. It's, is, it, is it Nick Cave? or it, No, it's Nick Cave. So Nick here's Cage. the thing. It's I, Nick Cage. I spelt it wrong. It's, there's, so it could, be, it could be either a Nick Cage or it could be a Nick Cave if you take out the G and replace it with a B. Or I mean, yeah. yeah. Some laser uh, <laughs> but tattoo I c- removal. But it could I, be I, like, I like both Nick Cage and Nick Cave, so I'm keeping it as the typo. If you had to we pick one. Nick, All right. Nick Cage. Nick, yeah. No, Nick Cage. Yeah, I still yeah. love Nick Cage more. Sorry, Nick Cave. But yeah. All right. Okay, Leandra, Kylie's turn. My turn. Okay, so I won't pick two. Yeah, that's too much. It's a lot. But I'm going to pick one that comes to mind. Um, in Toronto, there used to be this event that would happen called House of Strombo, and it was yes. like George Strombolopoulos', yeah. which is a hard word for me to say with my list. <laughs> one time house. I broke a tooth there. Yeah, and one time I had my period so bad. 
<laughs> I cried in the washroom to Leandra. And I said, how did we get out of here? <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> there were these really cool concerts that happened in his living room in his house. And we got to see so many huge artists in literally his living room. Yeah. And it was such a crazy thing as like an up-and-coming band to be able to experience some of our like favorite artists live for the first time. And when I think about like going to concerts and all that stuff, like as the gay young 20 year old person, like those concerts really have like burned a place in my mind. Like we saw the kills there. We saw the late Charles Bradley. We saw, um, dinosaur junior, like some of our like heroes in like such a small space and Mac DeMarco. Yeah. Like in a living room, in a living room, you like, you open his door, you go up the stairs and and they're right there. And it was such a cool thing. And to be included as like a young artist, like to be, brought into the mix it was like such a cool atmosphere to be a part of and definitely super inspiring so those are some of my favorite like live music performances that i can recall going to in the past couple years for sure yeah i'm drawing a blank and i've been to so many shows i go to so many shows the Jonas Brothers. No, I mean, uh, no, I mean Jonas oh, Brothers. Wait, no, Noah Cyrus. Cyrus. Concert. I love Noah Cyrus. Yeah, but for like an influential moment, like I will always remember the early days of going to Avril Lavigne's shows. Yeah, that's when I was like a kid and in the height of my like I just want to play electric guitar and I want to learn how to drum and play piano. Um, and she was like, I mean, she's pop, but for me as like an eight year old, she was like a rock star to me. Yeah. yeah. Like she's the coolest thing on earth. I was in awe. It made me just want to be doing what she was doing. And I will always talk about her shows. Like I just, there's, there's not a lot of people who did what she did for young girls. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember like one show in, in, in particular? I would say like the first, it was my first concert ever. And I think I was in grade four or grade five. My mom gave me tickets for my birthday and she brought me and my sister. My sister fell asleep, but she would have been four. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but it just like playing all the hits. I was obsessed. I only listened to Avril and mm. she played piano, guitar, drums, singing, just like running across the stage. And she wasn't like a femme pop star. Right. Which I identified with because I was a little tomboy. And I was like, this is so cool that you can be this massive and mainstream and dress like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In jeans and like an army shirt. Totally. It changed my life. Yeah. Uh, Going to the second question, um, which is, there's a little bit of context here. So over the, over the course of the last year, we've been, we've been exploring the, the, the quote by Erica Badu that says, music and music business are two different things. Um, just in general, um, just because this is a music business podcast, uh, and I say I, I I put the quotes there just because I like to talk about music business, but it's very it's it's like a large scope in 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 regards to yes, there's music business, but there's also photographers like Meg that come on yeah. the podcast to talk about their experience in the industry and stuff like that. Um, what are your first instincts when you hear that music and music business are two different things? Um, I mean. It's true in a sense. It, it feels like there's some aspects of the business after being in this band for so many years that are kind of like disheartening at times and it can be honestly kind of frustrating. Yeah. Um, it feels like luckily now we've had like such great success and it's been like amazing and we're so grateful for it. But when you're like a band who's trying for like so long and to not kind of see the the like wheels starting to turn it's like really kind of frustrating and disheartening yeah um what do you mean by wheels starting to turn you know just like having things pick up and having like yeah you know see like movement and see like numbers kind of like spike and stuff and and being someone who's like involved with the business side of it and not seeing that for so long it's like yeah it's it's frustrating to kind of like try and keep it going and try and keep pursuing i think they go hand in hand music and music business and i know you're more business daddy but i think you create the music and then it's on you to promote it and then it kind of goes into the business territory of behind the scenes that's what i was gonna say i was wondering if like the context of that quote was like music is only just a small part of the music business like is that because there there are like as she's speaking as a songwriter or is it more just like because like I think I think as a songwriter it can be a little bit disheartening when you realize like it's not just about making the song mm, but there's yeah. a whole other level well, of things I, you have to do. I think what it means it, yeah. what she's trying like the quote 
what it's standing for is that there are a bunch of other people as an artist you're putting out this work there are a bunch of other people that you like bring them work like you're occupying so many people yeah and that's like i get that and that can be that can be scary especially i don't know how you guys feel as like as um members of the band in context to what you just said but as a singer when i'm when i'm like touring and i'm um nervous about my voice there's a lot of like pressure when you realize like that there's a bunch of different people's salaries that are reliant on you and your voice interesting yeah being um being okay and that can be like really scary knowing that like but it also can be so fulfilling and so um humbling knowing that um with like the music that you're making and like the silly songs that you are writing you are supporting and feeding people's families and you know paying people's rent it is like it is it's scary but it's also so um humbling and wonderful Mm. you know what i mean yeah can i ask can i ask at what point of your writing music or recording a record where you start thinking about the business aspect of a record that's the thing this is sort of like one of the first well we're fully independent now sure yeah so um you're thinking about it from the beginning because you're paying for it right it definitely has being independent has put a lot of that way more into perspective it's like we don't have a label to sorry to do our um like our radio and they're every single piece of like now we do, no? Pardon? Yeah, yeah, AWOL. AWOL, yeah. That's a distribution thing. But still, I mean, it's like, I think getting dropped and then having to kind of start over from, like, from scratch, it really put into perspective, like, how many things, how many sure. roles play yes. in part with, like, how a record gets made and gets promoted and gets marketed and, like, all that stuff. It's like, when oh, it became very evident that it's like, there's a lot of moving pieces here. Mm. You're independent. It is your business. Everything is your choice and you're and up to you. I mean, even, right? like, ch- when you're signed, you should always... It should be that way. Know but, what's going on with your band. But it very specifically Absolutely. is when, when you're holding the purse. Yeah. Where do you think the music industry is going now moving forward? Um, it's a big question. I know it's a big question. question. AI scares me. Yeah. AI four commercials scary. today. <laughs> I think it's tough to say. I, I think that, like, we see, like, so many really, really cool... I mean... I can't really speak on like pop, like super pop, TikTok, whatever. But I think that the rock music, yeah, uh, genre is really moving into like a a really good spot. I'm really happy to see like a lot more, um, like female artists being represented. Like, it just it feels like it's shifting from like just being like a straight white cis, yeah, man, male, yeah, place totally <laughs> to dominate, um, and having like more stories be shared that aren't really, like, through that gaze is, like, really great to see. Um, I don't know. I think that it's challenging also when, like, record labels are really only spending money on, like, buying catalogs and all this stuff. It's, like, it's it's really hard for, like, up-and-coming artists, and I feel like you don't have a good team and good people around you. It's, like, really overwhelming and, and like, a little bit scary. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I would do without them, truly. Yeah. Trying to start now at this time, it would be really hard. Luckily, we have ten years of experience behind us. Yes, yes, we can navigate it. But, but I think the strength of social media gives hope to artists starting out, where mm-hmm. you can go on TikTok or on Instagram Reels and be discovered there or kind of gain a following there. Whereas when we we were starting, we were just like playing shows. Yeah, on Wednesday nights at midnight, hoping someone will cu- would come see us. Mm. Now there's like a whole new world and way of yeah, like opening yourself I up would to opportunity. Totally which is cool. I'd say my one qualm just specifically has to do with like the way strong s- songs are constructed nowadays, like that they're getting sort of shorter and shorter. Yeah, and sure. because people are so much more cognizant of what's doing well on the algorithm. It, there's a little bit less creative freedom, but I also sort of have a, sp- a suspicion that that's going to change um, as the pendulum sort of swings the other way. Like I yeah. have a feeling like longer songs will come back into trend. Yeah. Um, you see some you see some concerts where people are only screaming 
those 30 seconds that they heard on TikTok, but the yeah. rest of the 45 minute set or whatever, yeah. they're like, could, okay, like what's happening right that's now? That's the one thing that's scares yeah, Are you me talking, some... is that our show? No. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. No, I'm, Steve I'm actually, said something uh, about it. And I'll say it. And no, I'll say I mean, it. It's it like that, happen. it's that artist that was like, uh, that ABCDEFU song. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically that one that I'm thinking about right now. Not to. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Slander. If, yeah, if, you're, if you're an artist and you, and you do go viral, but you also have like a really good album to back it up with, you're going to be in good hands. But my, what totally. my worry that's is. You can't just bank on going viral. That's what I'm you saying. You need to focus on everything well, that's, else. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Which is, was my fear going into this tour of like, let's blame Brett has to be, spoiler alert, the last song. Because what if people hear it early on and leave and don't want to. But right. Are the new young fans that we have made through Blame Brat are there for the whole set and they're singing along to all of our old songs, which is so cool. Yeah, and because we have a good package of music too, which is important. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and people have been doing that forever anyway. Yeah. Like they've always had their biggest song at the end yeah, yeah, yeah. of the of the set. So yeah, it's great. Um, not to get too into the origin story of the beaches because it's been told so many times, and I know y'all are. You've you've said the story so many times. It's okay. It's okay. Um, Maybe you guys haven't heard it. But so just just overall, where did you where where did you grow up, and how was your creative upbringing? Um, where you grew up, the creative upbringing in regards to the home, were the were the parents were your parents creative? How was that like dynamic in regards to to that? Well, Jordan and I are sisters. Yeah. Shocker. And we started playing guitar together when we were six and seven years old. Yeah. I switched to bass because Kylie was um, surpassing me as a player. I'm a very competitive sibling. I'm okay. <laughs> she bonked. She bonked. Bonked. Um, but our lovely guitar teacher, now our tour manager, James Quinn, we all work with him. Uh, <laughs> he got us into songwriting at a really young age and yeah we've just kind of been involved with that ever since that age like it kind of took off at like a really really young age which was really kind of awesome because yeah. it it allowed us to start like treating this as a profession from an early age and taking yeah. it seriously yeah like we didn't go to summer camp we would go and write songs in james's like apartment and you went and to summer camp them. too no we we fell to in the in Lake Ontario and we got a rash and then we <laughs> cried and we went to go record songs with James. <laughs> Pretty much is what happened. Don't make us canoe in Lake Ontario. <laughs> um, we made no friends at canoe camp, so that's why. Oh my gosh. Um, Nepos. Anyways. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how we started. Our parents are not creative, but incredibly sure, yeah. supportive. Our parents, they both work in advertising. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And very then charming people, not very creative people. Mm. Sorry, we're lucky enough to uh, find a connection to this producer who lived in LA, and we started recording some of these demos. And then we're on Disney Channel for a period of time. Had the opportunity to have like a TV show and like you know fully do that, but we decided not to. And then we formed the Beaches with Eliza, our drummer, who we'd been in uh, the Disney band with, and we met Leandra in high school. But her upbringing is very different. And ours, she's yeah. not from our neighborhood, but she's honorary. She's well, honorary. She's also the only classically trained member, but I'll let you get into that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, just in regards to like even just like the, the influences in the home, like at the oh, Millers, musically, like musically, like w- was there like like creatively, but um, also just like music in the house. I like mean, what was my that parents, like? They always had like music playing all the time. Sure, I yeah. That. Like Do even during dinner and stuff. Always had yeah. like CDs on rotation. It was like Shrek Two soundtrack, Carlos Santana, Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Mac, um, the Beatles, but the, also like Burt Bacharach for dinner parties, which is a big throwback. And then um, new, like new wave music, yeah, which like, is yeah. so funny because it's sort of tied into this record. Mm-hmm. Listening to a lot of those songs, Kylie loved new. What was the Our House? That was your favorite one. I think it's by car. Madness or I don't know. Is it dun, 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 dun. I know. Cool. Mad world. Not mad world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who it's by. Our house in the middle. Yeah, of yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Our the song from the coffee commercial. Folgers. Folgers. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's that, that one. That's kind Absolutely. of favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lee, what about you? What was the, what was the 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 creative upbringing for you in regards to even your parents? You, they were saying that you're the only classically trained one. 
Yeah, again, no one is musical in my family, but mm. I grew up with a... My mom had a piano that she bought when she was like 19 and started taking lessons. So I grew up at my grandparents' house and they had it there. And I always just played around on it. And I just wanted to take piano lessons from like, I don't know, I think it was like four or five asking to take piano lessons. I think when I turned six or seven, I started. I took lessons for 12 years. Um, and it was classical music at first, which I hated. Yeah. I would not practice. I would cry. And my mom was like, okay, so quit. But I was like, uh, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to quit, mom. Um, so the reverse psychology worked. I didn't quit. And then uh, my piano teacher was like, well, why don't we just play music you want to learn? Right. So that's when I started learning, like, just all of Avril's catalog. Yes. Fell in love with playing and practicing and then got into classical music on my own. So then I was like, okay, I want to go to, I want to go through the conservatory. Yeah, like RCM stuff? Yeah. Because yeah. when I, I was growing up and doing those exams, I was failing and hating them. And my mom would be like, okay, if you pass, I'll get you an electric guitar or whatever. It was just like stuff like that. I, ha I hated piano. Then I fell in love with it. Yeah. And uh, started becoming more serious in high school and thought about going to York for classical piano. When did you learn guitar? Sorry, I'm just, I've never learned this about you. Before. Probably grade seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, because I was like, well, Avril plays guitar. I want to play sure, guitar. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my cousin had an electric guitar, and I played that for the first time, and was like, this is the coolest sound I've ever heard. Right. I want to do that. Which cousin? Fucking hate him. Okay, that guy. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> Anyways. We'll, be, we'll bleep it out. Yeah. Don't even bleep it. I fucking hate you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Bleep. HR. HR. Yeah. It's the wine. Um, <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned high school. Uh, to go buy, buy it pretty quickly, Rosedale. I say in my notes, I say as an Rosedale as an epicenter of young creatives in the city of Toronto. It truly was. Mm. Patrick Honestly, Collins represent. I was very. I'm still very jealous of the people that got to go to Rosedale no. because coming. No, no, but coming from like Northern Ontario, where there's like no arts funding, and it was like it was like crazy, crazy to me to like meet these friends that like had like guitar class. Yeah. What? It's I think cool. I took it for granted, but also the teachers, they weren't the greatest classes, but I mean, at least they were there. So yes. got introduced to like photography where they right. we had a dark room in our photography school. Photography. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. Schools in Toronto that had that. So. Photography, dance, like it really just the music program was lacking, but there, yeah. there were so many other arts programs that had a, a shit ton of funding. If you, if you ask any of like the Ryerson or UFT kids, like our dark room at Rosedale is the best one in the city. Mm. And that's how we, um, I know I keep hitting my head. It's okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have met them without. Well, I went to your shows and met you there because I was a fan of their Disney. Right. Band, but I, I, when we went went to the same high schools, when we became friends, totally. So thank you, Rosedale. You also mentioned wanting to go to York. You um, did any? Did y'all all apply to university or post secondary? Like afterwards, Kylie got scholarships. Ayo. Yeah, I did. Not for music, though. Not for music. <laughs> <laughs> I got into. No, I don't know how to read music, like yeah. at all. Ne no, n I don't I either. I mean, you don't have to to be in a band. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. it's. It, I but I mean to a point. All aboard the Edmonton South I Express. <laughs> love trains. Sorry. Boop, boop. Um, no, I don't think any of us know how. But I me. To, to a point. I mean, no, I mean, sorry, the three you me actually Eliza knows how to read music. You and I both don't. Yeah. We're both bad. Where it's like, oh, play a G up high on the e-string and it was like mm, nope right I feel like but I can, we can do it by ear yeah right that's how we kind of like know how to i yeah. have to do everything backwards so like i'll i'll be like what note do you want and they'll sing it and they'll be like okay you'll find it and right, then, right, right. And then like then i do know where it is but i just it's going backwards and yeah i think i don't know if you've thought about this i've thought about like relearning how to read music but it's sort of about it's rewiring everything backwards. i'm too old it's now too old. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. never too so. old but I mean, you don't need it for what we're doing. No, exactly. No. If you yeah, want yeah. to do it for yourself. Yeah. Maybe I play power chords. I'm good. That's <laughs> I right. want to eventually, my goal is to, I left <laughs> off at, I left off at grade nine RCM. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're almost, you're almost I, done. I joined the band and then bought the grade 10 books, but then was like, ah, power chords and bloop, bloop, bloop. And I stopped playing piano as much, but I right. do want to get back to it. Yeah. Going back to the university thing, just because I, I wanted to ask, like y'all 
like none of y'all went to post secondary, yeah? No. Well, well, we, got, well, well we took well. one course. Okay. Our parents made us take one course so they could access our I took school funding for our siblings. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. No, I took mine to get on their dental plan. No, no, we got it so Josh we could pay for Josh's Yeah, t-shirt. I got it for my sister. Oh, but yeah. also to stay on the dental the plan. Dental plan. Yeah. Was I it took I all of all at York. We all went to no. Ryerson, no. Ryerson uh, Chang School, Metro Toronto Metropolitan Toronto University. Metropolitan yeah. University grad. CMU. It's you are? Yeah. Wow. wow, the four of us. Yeah. We didn't oh, graduate. We, we didn't. One we took. Class. We took. I we graduated three. one class. Does I that count? Eliza no. as well. No. No, no. And if she wants, we just she, do pop culture. She was, only, yeah. she was an only child. Yeah, I took that class. Yeah, oh, you could have been in our class. We, we willingly well, no. took it. We went to the Beatles exhibit. Kylie and I, for extra credit, we tweeted a video of us singing "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds." We That's were great. Keeners. Yeah, we, we sat beside the teacher. What year? Uh, twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. You were in Noah year. Remember? Yeah. Okay. I would have okay. probably been in that class. Twenty seventeen. Really? Yeah, it's possible. I think I took pop pop culture in my first year. So was that your first year? Yeah. Yeah, then it's very likely you were the same. Did you take it in like the fall? Diana. What's her? Yeah, Diana Cuckoo's. Cuckoo's. Diana Cuckoo's. No. Uh, (laughs) What could have been? Miss ya, bitch. Miss ya. (laughs) You fun saucy minx. Um, I, I wanted to highlight here um, the beginning of the career. I say here, Kirby <laughs> and parents specifically. Um, you know, for me, like I've always like loved the support of my parents, and I just like even being on tour um, with y'all over the past couple weeks. Like the parents' presence is very much there, but all but in a positive way. Um, any thoughts on that? No, we feel really lucky that our parents all. Um Love to come to shows. I mean, Leanne's yeah. parents drove to Kingston, which is like yes. three hours away, and then drove us home after the show, and that was so sweet. And after they did three shows, they did Kitchener, Hamilton, that's Kingston. right. Yeah, they will drive wherever to see us. You know, they drove me home in the beginning. In the beginning, I was really nervous that like our careers wouldn't give us like a big connection to our families because we travel so much. And you know, we grew Your up. Your dad was driving us everywhere, though. I know, no, no. In the beginning, yeah, but also. Um, the other thing is like, uh, oh, you okay? Yeah, you can see. Um, he hates us. No, well, me and Kylie grew up in like a kind of semi-affluent area where like a lot of our um, fellow, you know, kids our age's parents would come up to my mother in the grocery store and be like, oh, I heard Jordan's not going to post-secondary and right. like sort of, you know, have this very snobbish attitude towards it, which I think was very tricky for my parents in the beginning or at least you know it was like um it was tricky for me to see them sort of uh dealing with that kind of judgment um especially because they were always so proud of us and so um and they believed in us so you know having them be able to attend so many shows and my dad's gonna do us a favor and drive us around Europe. He's taking time off work to do that. Like, and we're able to like spend time together and share our first tour in Europe with him. Yep. We're rooming together too, which is not going to be fun. But, <laughs> um, you know, there's like, there's multiple benefits. Like one, I think they've gotten to see us grow and they're so proud of us, but they also like, I don't know as many kids that are as close with their parents as like, we are because we sort of get to share a lot of these milestones and a lot of these Canadian shows and other American shows with our parents. They get to attend and watch us. I would say it's only brought us closer together. Yeah. Like I am best friends with my parents. Yeah. yeah we love and them. It's awesome because our parents get to go and like visit places they'd never been. Yes. Like my parents are coming to LA. Leander's parents are going to LA to come watch us at the Troubadour and it's just like a really bonding experience. And it's also bonding for them to get to know each other better and like you know, love I'll go meeting through that our together. fans and everything. Like yes. They love, they love it. And it's also, so like, cool. we have opened for or been connected to artists that they grew up listening yeah. to, like yeah. the Rolling Stones. And I'm like, that's crazy that we can, but like, your mom was in the room when we met the, the Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. She got to watch us meet them. Holy shit. And, like, we FaceTimed Elton John, and it's just, like, our parents are, it's, like, mind-blowing. And it's I love that we can bring, yeah, we can give them that. Yeah. It's, it's exciting for us, but it's, like, equally as exciting for that. Yeah. I share a similar experience. Well, not necessarily similar in that way, but like last year I got to bring my parents to Abbey Road. Like this, oh. like inside the studio. So cool. Which like, 
you know. Anyway, love the parents. No, I love that. Uh, I, and, went, and I went with James on a tour of Abbey Road. Yeah. <laughs> I crossed Fantastic. the street with Leandro. <laughs> I made them all take a photo. They weren't too happy. Yeah. No, it was just because everyone else was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I cried going into Studio 2. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Anyway. What a sweetie. Um... I wanted to also touch on um, like the beginning of the career, but also like very recent, like um, like the breaking up of like the island and Universal and stuff. Yeah. Like how maybe we don't need to talk necessarily about it. Um, I mean, but I already like, was asked how many tears of joy have you cried today in an interview? How many tears of sadness have you cried? No, um, <laughs> huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> I love the European interviews. I think where there's like there's been a lot of adversity, but I also want to get to the eventual success of the newest yeah, yeah. record without these people, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think from high school we um, been signed. we were signed to Island, and that was so exciting. We would go to LA on writing trips for a couple months and write with a different producer, co-writer every single day, mm. and kind of find who we were as a band and what sound we wanted. We were just trying on so many hats. We came out with like 60 songs for context. Yeah. So how many people we were writing with. And we were so yeah. young. It was so exciting. I don't think we fully knew. And we went with more of like a rock sound. Um, and then I think Island didn't really know what to do with that. They're like, all girl band. Are you the Runaways? Are you... Like yeah. Josie and the Pussycat Dolls. Are, are you a full pop band? There was just like no in-between. Yeah. I feel like there's more room for it now. Oh, yeah. There is now. percent. Oh, God. Like then, 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 then like six this was years eight, ago or yeah. whatever. This was almost like, like eight years sure, ago. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't know what to do with us. So we were kind of shelved. Yeah. And then Universal took us on. It was very exciting. They were great to work with. Um, I and think the COVID just changed things for everybody. We weren't streaming that well. Yeah. So things were slower. Then they started not knowing what to do with us. We yeah. didn't know what to do because we were selling tickets, but we weren't streaming. Right. TikTok, people on TikTok were blowing up and we weren't. And just like that. that when they dropped us that, we felt like, what are we, and we going to do? It's also and the music industry is like, it's all, it's completely based on numbers. And even though we didn't sell that many units and didn't stream that well, it w- and we were selling so many tickets, like selling out our tours, as Leander said, it's all based on like the numbers. And if you don't provide that, you're not going to be a priority. And it's not even that we got necessarily dropped. It's like just being brought to a smaller division and like the deals weren't making sense because like we are selling out multiple nights at history. Yeah. We're selling out our entire tours, but the the deal that we were like receiving wasn't like equating to what we thought that we deserved and so right. we had the option to either try it ourselves or go and do something smaller yeah. and, and I think we decided to bet on ourselves and yeah ultimately it was like a really scary thing to do and then everything with management kind of just fell apart in the long run again working with people for a very long time and having so much shift is very challenging um, yeah but for a while we just felt kind of out of control honestly and that's really what our main issue was we had so many people telling us what to do so many different opinions a lot of those opinions being from like older men again no offense to them it's, yeah. it's fine but it's just people that we don't really relate to and they didn't understand our vision for the project and being able to kind of clear house and hire people who really believed in us understood us and could like see what value the band could bring and the potential to like reach like these young young female audiences like yeah. that's what we needed someone to like believe in that because that's always what we saw this project being yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't think people listened to us before and now i feel like we're all listened to even Absolutely. as individuals like i came out in the pandemic pandemic and i as like a young queer woman had like all of these thoughts and feelings that were, weren't being heard yeah by certain people on our yep. team before and i was being told how to feel and how to whatever and now I feel like we have a team who's just so open to like everything we are as people. Mm. Totally. Yeah. You know, clearing, clearing house and also being like little, uh, like being label babies since, since like basically the beginning of our career where we basically were, you know, we were um, beholden to another person. So it, you sort of, you give up some of your control that way so that when that is taken away and you, lose your security blanket and it is only up to you it can be scary but it also can be so freeing because mm. all of the cards are in your hands you know completely but we're really happy with like every 
every decision that we made and and also we wouldn't be we wouldn't be where we are had we not gone through the label system like we're very grateful for both of those experiences yeah um just, just put that out there as well totally but i i also do think that we needed to be by ourselves to make the record that we just made yeah, I mean, we had to grow. I think yeah. some people held us back, and yeah. it's taken us a long time to get here, and it's been, we've had a lot of fresh frustration, mm. but yeah. we're here, and we've grown together, and only up from here. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a great segue into to the Blame My Ex era. Um, Absolutely. In, in I love the eras. Well, well but also- The eras tour. The eras tour. <laughs> Stimulating the economy. <laughs> it's truly, actually. One, one day at a time. Beat stores, they're millionaires. <laughs> if these beats could talk, they'd say we're rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is the blame my ex era, but it's also in my mind the Lori Lee era. It is the Lori Lee <laughs> era. She's gonna love that. She's gonna kind of clip of that for her. <laughs> well, she's had a she's had a shout out over the last like four or five episodes actually what um Meg. yeah no no well actually no without Meg. like before meg with yeah. who um because i had katie tupper on oh uh who was sort of discovered by Lori. yep through a juno connect um i had nathan lau on who's connected to Lori through alex porat yep um all these people they're just it's uh, the connected Lori to Lee continuation. The series. Yeah. It is. It is. She gotta get Lori Lee on here. Oh my god! Oh my you god! Do. We've, te- we've, we've texted about it. That would oh. be your fucking all star segment. Yeah. That would be your magnum opus, Lori Lee. <laughs> like, um, truly, she has been our saving grace. Yeah. Like, really, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be here without her. Finding truly. her was like the most amazing, amazing discovery. Truly, um, she helped us get in contact with. Our producers for Blame My Ex, she put together, yeah, she basically, she understands that, like, there's so much talent in Canada, and her and I have spoken on this, that, like, I feel like a lot of artists feel like they have to go to L.A. or they have to go to Nashville, and they need to, like, go somewhere else in order to put out a record, but, and that, honestly, for a lot of people does work, but there's so much talent in this country that is not, like, utilized. Totally. Um, and... It is just like so cool to, for us after like going to LA constantly to like come back to Toronto and and work with a bunch of different people here, not even like all also the people that we ended up writing with who didn't end up you know whatever being yeah. on the record it brought us to getting there and it was so eye opening to see how much talent we have to offer in Toronto. I- I think Lori's also just like in general an honest person and like that's something that it's so integral as a manager you need to be able to be honest with your the people that you're working with when it comes to like hey this song sounds like garbage yes or like hey this maybe isn't the right vibe for you you know I think so many managers just want to please their clients in order to keep them you know keep themselves the fed right. but they do a disservice to both of them like both themselves and to their people that they're trying to work for yeah whereas like not to say Lori's super harsh but she'll tell you the truth about things when i was going through my breakup <laughs> i was so depressed i said Lori, <laughs> i can't do anything today i am in bed and she said you know what's so good about tiktok is you can post from bed <laughs> I said, you're so right she's like oh god i won't even tell you what she said to me during my breakup because it's so much worse <laughs> So but she's hilarious and she knows I'm sensey and she's still we just have good laughs and she's just here to work and push us to be the best and yeah. we need that. We wouldn't be here without her. Yeah. You know, a really great manager, somebody that believes in you, but also somebody who wants to push you to, to put out the best work that you can. Well, I remember her. our first meeting with her, she's like, Oh, I, it was so eye-opening because she's like, okay, so you've done so many great things, but here's what I would do. Your music needs to be better. Like, it needs to be, like, a little bit better. And, and you were like, what does that mean? And she's like, I don't know, but we're going to find out. Yeah. You know? But no you know. one had the balls to tell us that. Right. No one was like, oh, you need to push Joel, this Joel much. did, too. Yeah. yeah. The people that we still have on our team told us that. Right. It's, like, not even necessarily better is, like, a loose term, but just, like, Find a way to connect with more people. And better, not is just a, better is probably a good term. Like the songwriting needed to be better. 
Right. That was on my end, yeah. It wasn't all on your end, too. It was the it was production. There were, like, multiple factors. It's, like, finding a way. She just had a vision to connect with younger audiences, and a lot of mm. people weren't seeing that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's interesting to see that, like, the people that told you the, the truth are the ones that are the ones that are staying yeah absolutely and 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 seeing the success with y'all yeah it's it's something to say about that for sure i'm surprised more artists don't do that right to be honest no because a lot of people can't take it and i can see when it happens with other people when i'm like oof this is not going to serve you well and it scares you know it scares me to see that but if i was a solo artist i probably wouldn't be able to take it no i know i'm with my girls my girls again i think that's the advantage of being in a band you know, and also maybe being a full female band too. And Lori said that this to me today, and we go, "She's right." <laughs> yeah, she's right. Not always. Post that TikTok. She's not always right, but <laughs> sometimes. No, it, yeah. She respects us all individually and sees where we want this project to go. We all just share the same like dream and and yeah and values yeah. really. Yeah. And she also has a really small roster, and so we feel like really. Taken care taking of. Taking care of. A and priority. And we talk, like, every day. And we're also friends, aside from her being our manager. Like, right. we are, we get along really, really well. It's really important. I think if I said to different team members in the past, of like, I want an opener with, like, representation, a queer opener or something, I would get rude comments back. And right. with Lori, I just get respect. And I'm like, yo, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's find other options. Yeah. It's just stuff Amazing. like that. She's very open and a good person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. She gets seeing, it. She's not only only seeing the economic line, she's seeing like what um what our values are and what's important to and us. And she well. also like what's great is sh- what we think is cool and that being something that's important to us, she also thinks is cool. It's yeah. Like yeah. There isn't separation there where it's like trying to please us. She's like, Yeah, I'm down. I've I never literally stole my style from her. I love her. <laughs> I've never so trusted much. someone so much where I'm like, I used to be so anxious all the time of like, this needs to look a certain way. And like, I was involved in the merch and like, I'm not great at creating merch, but I just felt like I have to be in everything because things are just feeling uncool. But Lori's so cool and I trust her style, even with like show posters where she's like, is this good? I think it's so cool. And I'm like, I don't even have to check. I know it's going to be good. Right. Which we do check because it's our band. We will check. But she has good taste. Taste, right? Great Meg? taste. Meg? Mm. Taste is taste. Meg, why aren't you listening? (laughs) Yeah, Meg. (laughs) Meg served me wine. (laughs) Meg's doing audio. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, Meg. (laughs) Um, Going back to the, well, topic two, which is wild. (laughs) Um, Talking about the record, um, very general questions. When you think back to writing and and the recording process of Blame My Ex, what are the first moments that you remember or think about? Mm. Blame my ex. Okay, the first song we did with Gus and the first song we did with Lil was Grow Up Tomorrow, which actually yes. wasn't on Blame My Ex. We thought about putting it on Blame My Ex, which I keep forgetting. Every time we play a show and I'm like, oh my God, people are screaming this one. They it's so it. old. I'm like, no, we actually thought about including this on the album. In right. Canada? So not this question at <laughs> In all. In the US? Not a hit. <laughs> but that's okay. I don't know where we are. You just poured me more wine. Um, <laughs> no, but working with them immediately in the room, chemistry was so good. Very easy to work with them. We all really connected with Lowell. She's also like a young queer woman who we all relate to. We love yep. her. She's funny. She's got she's cute. She's charisma. hot. Lowell, I'll kiss ya. I got the answer to this. <laughs> no, I think right away. <laughs> no, I'm both just trying to go back to when yeah, the right away the first song is the, that what we knew what was going to happen with those two. Everything is boring. everything is boring. But right yeah. away the. The connection between us all, they're so yeah. supportive. Right. We've yeah. been in so many sessions where it's like, again, male driven and you kind of listen to what they say and what parts they put on and you're like, okay, cool. I trust you. But they, Lowell and Gus made us feel like we were all heard individually mm. and we're all in the room writing and Jordan and Lowell would be like writing lyrics and melody and we'd be like working on guitar stuff and Lowell would hear and be like, that's so cool. Keep working on that. And then we'd just record that. And it just was so collaborative. And I haven't felt that in years with, with co-writers. It was incredibly, yeah. And I think, I can't remember, I can't remember why that one, because did we do Blame Brett before that one? Or was that one, was Everything is Boring first? Because that's Everything the one is, I, they were kind of around the same time, but Everything is Boring was time. like, as we yeah. say, the North Star. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, we're saying, yeah. I think, I think that one came first, because I think, 
we'd maybe done a couple songs together and then we did that one. We were listening to like No, those were the two songs the first session we had back from from doing after Grow Up Tomorrow. It was Everything is Boring and Blame Brat. Yeah. And we did them and then we like put that little clip on TikTok and it blew Of Everything out. is Boring. It got like right. three hundred thousand views, which isn't necessarily viral, but for us we'd never had anything like that. And it was all positive. Yeah. There was yeah. no negativity. Right. Everybody was vibing and we were like, Whoa, this is wild. This yeah. is connecting. And it was interesting. We didn't necessarily start the recording process working with Lowell initially and Gus. Like we kind of, we had an idea of what we wanted to do. We, we were working with a bunch of different producers in the beginning mm. um, and a bunch of different writers. And some of them like Sam um, Willows. I said it right. I said it right. Sam Willows. Um, we were working with him a lot too and writing with him a lot. I think definitely like when... Um, Brett broke up with me. That was definitely like sort of a shift for like what the record was going to be. Yeah. Cause we had written a couple songs that like Kismet and Shower Beer were predated the breakup, but most of the other songs were written after that. Right. Um, but again, it's one of those moments where it's like someone comes in and tells you the truth. And like Lowell mm-hmm. had listened to everything. And she was like, I think that you guys could do better mm-hmm. than this. And Obviously, we actually all were feeling kind of the same way, so we kind of... And I don't think we believed her till we listened to the work that we did together. Yeah, the first couple days we were like, how dare you, lol. And then we were like, oh, we needed to hear this. Let's all sit down and And be honest with each other. And and we really appreciate how honest lol was with us. Yeah. No, totally. Um, And she was right. Because Mm -hmm. she did, like, there's, like, Edge of the Earth and um, If a Tree Falls... To believe is that it? Yeah, no, and shower beer. Like they still all made the record, but like the record evolved into something that was like, you know, the sum of all the parts together. Right. When when Lowell and Gus sort of took over, yeah, I guess. Well, just as co-producers, yeah. like having the two of them kind of curate, and us obviously, yeah, like what the theme and like sonically how everything should like flow into each other mm. so that nothing was like completely sticking out oh. yeah it, it was really important to have it feel like still cohesive in a way i know that there's still departures like within songs but yeah, yeah. but it was it was a, a therapeutic experience for me i have a lot of trouble telling people how i feel like speaking about my emotions and yeah. stuff um and so writing this record when i was going through my breakup was therapeutic not only because I was getting the feelings up but that I was communicating them to like the people that I love the most in my own way totally um which was my band when they're literally just asking for drinks as I'm saying this really like, fucking Meg, nice thing Meg, get me a beer Meg, get me a beer thanks Meg. you know um and to have them listen to to what I was going through and listen to like hey, what can you open the beer Meg? <laughs> open it yeah some more <laughs> To have them listen to what I was going through and create music that resonated with my experience is very touching. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Paper bag writer. Paper bag writer. Just cut all that. Paper bag writer. Um... As it Meg gets the uh, bottle opener, um, Uh-oh. Huh? <laughs> oh, I found it. <laughs> sitting on it. It's in Jordan's tunic. Found <laughs> 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 deep within the tune. What would you call that? It's a tune. It's like a quick shout out. Honestly, when you had your headband on today, you you were giving Shay Holt's mom. <gasps> And that's a compliment. Why are you I love Shay Holt's mom. Has Shay Holt been on the pod? Shout out Not to yet, Holt. but she'll she'll be on. She'll be on. Get Shay on here next. Lori Lee and Shay. That's yeah. you get yeah. those two fuckers on together. Wait, gotta, get, gotta get gotta get Gus Van Gogh on the on on the pod too. Oh, oh Gussie'd would be, be good. Uh, <laughs> Meg, put it in her <laughs> beer. <laughs> Which it's Kylie. I'm being wow. a saucy bitch. I'm the sorry, I burp Korean barbecue. Meg, Meg goes through so much with us. I do. Oh. I just want everyone to know that this is just Kylie in the end of the treat, it's Meg, though. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> is it, though? Meg, Moon. 
Meg, Meg Moontar. She sleeps Meg underneath Moon. me because I am her top. <laughs> <laughs> Clip it. Clip <laughs> it. Switch it. Reverse it. <laughs> Jordan sleeps on top of both of us because she is our top. top yeah. <laughs> I, sleep ac- I sleep across from them because they're my equals. She's my ally. Yeah. Um, Allyship. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Moving forward. There's, there's two questions I want to touch on next. Um, talking about Gus, talking about Lowell. Um, I saw the record recently, and y'all mentioned as well the role of a co-producer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. How are y'all approaching that? Because from my, from, just from my experience as someone working on the live side, um, I don't, I don't think I've worked with a band yet that has had like their ideas, like set, yeah, like before I came in, kind of thing. So I had to just build the show and do a couple little things afterwards. But it, it was, it was, it was rare, like. I didn't necessarily oh, for need. Our show. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I just wanted to see see like where y'all at, where y'all were at with the co-producing thing because, in my experience with y'all, y'all had your shit together before I came in. Was it the same way getting a co-producer for the record? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, so Gus no. was, Gus was in to do like the full production for the record. Yep. Immediately, um, and then Lowell ended up. Um, we did like our main singles, Blame Brad, Everything is Boring with her. And she just had like a very set vision for the record. Mm -hmm. So we wanted her to be a part in terms of like producing. Actually, we were calling her an executive producer for the first bit. Okay. But then it ended up really kind of involving her where she actually was like doing a lot of the vocals and like doing a lot of the comps herself. Yeah. So it ended up evolving into more fair to give her the title of co-producer. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how that shifted, but, like, really she was, like, in terms of, like, the vision for everything, she was, like, the fifth member of the band for a lot of it. She, like, sings on the record. Like, and Gus is the sixth. But and Gus yeah. is, obviously. They're both, yeah. They both played, like, very, like, valid, important roles, but it felt important to us to say that it was between the two of them so that, you know, I feel like also as a woman producer in the industry, yeah. you don't get a lot of the credit that you deserve, so we wanted it to be equally shared between the two of them and made make it known that she was also like equally involved yeah, in yeah they in were both process. staying after we left and comping vocals together yeah and, i think yeah. that's question more was like did we have an idea of what we wanted the record to sound like that predated the two of them i don't know why involved, you're yelling right? at us but well, well, not, no but <laughs> well actually screaming from from my from my, actually my from my understanding co-producers were the beaches as one gus and Lowell, yeah. I thought there was three parts. We're co-producers on this. Oh, does it say that? Does it say that? No, but I guess no, but from my extend, from my so understanding, oh. that's what it was. That's delicious. I'm honored. No, it's not really. No. No. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, we all had the conversations and everything together, and a lot of editing together. But I would like. I'm so thankful for the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we, as a band, needed somebody to oversee things. For totally. Us. Needed, I think we were in a place where we needed a bit of guidance and they yeah. provided that we were just so like we had just been dropped and cleared house and our whole team and we were like what are we even doing anymore and we let's all got in this room and got on the same page and they really were yeah. let's make it clear like we weren't like we weren't sheep being herded at all like we we also were in control of our own destiny absolutely but we, but we gave them permission to to steer the ship. Yeah. I think totally. we trusted them. We did this thing we made a reference playlist before. Yeah. Um going in to write the record and we had like a lot of like pop people but then it was finding like the sonics behind it where it was like okay what do we want this to sound like and it's really great to work with Lowell like someone who's done so much writing in LA and has seen like trends honestly I think Lowell's fucking like she's a trend forecaster she She knows what's gonna hit and she sees like how things are working she's like okay pop punk dead you know what's gonna be in new New wave wave. and honestly we were like, well, we Sorry, love Olivia. new, we love new wave. No, not. Are you vaping? Never seen that in my life. Not new wave. Not Olivia Rodrigo's not pop punk. I mean, like we're talking Machine Gun Kelly, all that. And it's not to yep. say it's dead. Nothing is dead, but the things that are trendy, whatever. Mm. She said that this is going to be a big thing, and she ended up obviously being correct. Well, that, and as somebody in the writers' room that's seeing songs that could be out in f- maybe months, maybe a year. 
she's yeah. seeing those new songs from probably a bigger, like not maybe not bigger artists, but big artists in LA or something. Totally. That is is already pushing and is at the. Yeah. <laughs> is okay. that is that the, like is is already pushing the envelope in those is in those bigger markets? So she might be, you know, seeing those newer songs that people haven't heard exactly and being like, okay y'all should do this because these other people are doing and it so as well having yeah. her on our side where it's like oh okay this is like starting to become a thing yes it was, yeah it became very clear it was like oh right yeah, that's but it worked because it was kind of our sound but this much more right pop and new wave like yeah. we were already throwing a yeah. ton of chorus yeah. on yeah. all always, of our you just had to go like this yeah i only play with cor- with a chorus pedal and on. gus's favorite band is like he loves the cure right yeah. so it was he, perfect he just like is he got like it right dialed away. into that era so it was actually perfect having right. her with the pop influence him with the New wave influence, and then us kind of in the middle being like, it was an kismet, all rock band. If I dare say, it, <laughs> it just worked out so well. Cheers, yeah, cheers, really. Jordan. You're welcome. I'd <laughs> love to quote myself when I can. Hey, everybody, Matt from Eights here. You just listened to the Beaches Part One episode of the Cloud Machine podcast. We're currently in Kelowna, BC, Canada, on tour. I just want to say thank you for listening to Part One, and stay tuned for Part Two of the Beaches Cloud Machine podcast next week. It gets a lot more chaotic. Thanks for listening.